a Podcast One production. Hello, welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, the Egyptian afterlife. Cat's pyjamas or cat's piss with the chaser. Well, I'm Andrew Hanson. I'm going to find that out by asking our panel of Charles Firth, Chris Taylor and Dominic Knight. We're going to travel through the Egyptian afterlife and we're going to evaluate the challenges and the adventures that people had to undertake when they were there. Are you ready? The the Egyptians were very taken with cats, weren't they? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, True. well, that's right. They, they would have loved cats' pyjamas like, or cats' piss as a format. Well, I sense. think they invented it. Yeah, I think. a mummified cat is in cats' pyjamas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't speak fluent hieroglyphics, <laughs> but if you decoded a lot of those, you know, terms, I'm mm. sure the word cats' pyjamas would come up somewhere. Mm. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Tommy's right. It's the bandages. You know, that's, that's what they were. Well, the Sphinx <laughs> is a cat, isn't it? No, it's a cat. What's that? Isn't that a lion? So it's a, it's a big a cat. a lion is a cat. It's a big cat. No, the, the sphinx, sphinx is a, is a combination of, of different animals stuck together. The Egyptians were very fond of sticking different animals together as, as their monsters. Sort of taxidermy. Right. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was one thing they, they put in the afterlife. Uh, well, we might come to that because it's a bit later in the, in the, in the adventure. Why didn't uh, they put the nose on the sphinx? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a dodgy tradesman. I'm just knocked off early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. Ran out of money. Too too expensive. Client ran out of money. I've never seen this before. When did the Sphinx lose its nose? (laughs) Did it ever have a nose? I I don't know the answer to that. It looks like a kind of uni college prank. Like, you know, in in 12 (laughs) BC, some college students from St Paul's Uh. went and stole the nose from the Sphinx. (laughs) I'm sure that in Asterix they'd actually answer that question. They do, yes. It is in an Asterix. Look, I think you can Google it and there seems to be a four. Forty different answers when I when I look at that. That'd be nice a job. great like thing to unearth. You know, like there's the classic mysteries of the classical world, like the Elgin marbles and that kind of thing. If one day the nose of the Sphinx just turns, turns up, up yeah. oh yeah, and, and other bits too. I wonder if there's any other missing bits oh. uh, that might have fallen off by accident. <laughs> I don't know. We, we can't make... see underneath, can we? So could could we make a nose, a paper mache nose? Yeah, and, and in the in the cloak of darkness, just stick it on one night, and everyone wakes up. <laughs> Going on, that doesn't square with what's on the postcards. Yeah. It does. My, in, in flesh, it actually looks like it does have a nose. Best promotion for Red Nose Day ever. <laughs> That's not bad. Well, what do you think, Chris? I mean, you know, a, the, the Sphinx is noseless. Is that cat's pyjamas or cat's piss, do you think? Would you prefer to see the, the Sphinx with a nose or you like it without? No, cat's pyjamas for me. I think it, there's something interesting about it. And I think every great sort of classical work of art or sculpture should have one key flaw. I always thought the Statue of David, which I think is in the city of Florence by Michelangelo, you know, everyone's sort of drawn to the penis. But if it if it was just sort of a missing penis, I think there'd even be a greater allure and a mystery be behind the work. I don't think a, a hybrid lion human sort of prince figure sitting made out of sandstone in the middle of the Egyptian desert doesn't need a nose. What would it do mm. with a nose? It's redundant. Totally. Yeah. Well, well it is made of stone. Isn't Egypt incredibly, in, especially Cairo, smelly. Uh, is incredibly smelly? <laughs> so it's at it's a great probably, advantage. It probably yeah. cut its own nose yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is very polluted there. They, they, they do say that. Oh, well, the well, sculptors, please don't give me a nose. <laughs> Not if you're going to keep me in Cairo. <laughs> is this what you had planned, Andrew, for this podcast? Just a lot of banter about the Sphinx's nose? Uh, or have you got mostly, actual plans yes. for us? Right. No, no, no. Look, I'm going to take you into what the Egyptians thought happened in the afternoon. Life. Now it was a bit. It was a complicated thing. Like it's a bit more complex. Like a lot of sort of belief systems about what happens to you after you die. Are quite simple. Um, you know, like 
I think in, in the Christ, most Christians seem to think you sort of turn up at the gates of heaven and St. Peter decides whether you were good or bad and then, you, then you're in or out. The Egyptians had this sort of epic, sort of Tolkien-esque fantasy adventure that they had to undertake um, to get through the, the afterlife, which was this massive place with, with all sorts of different things going on. To start with, to even get there at all, you basically you needed to be mummified. If you weren't, then, well, that was it. No you entry. Just finished. Finished, mm. not you know, no more. And uh, you tended to have to be rich to have that done. But one thing, one cool thing that people did do was they also uh, would have a whole lot of uh, animals mummified and buried with them, which they could then take with them to the afterlife. I'm just so wondering, Andrew, could... is that how, because you've been there, I think, haven't you? Is that how public transport works in Egypt? Do you need to be mummified to get <laughs> on a bus to, to go anywhere at all? No, that, that's more. That's more Sydney, I think, in peak hour. But, uh, to get into no, nightclubs, yeah. just uh, sorry, sir. Without no, <laughs> no bandages, yeah. no, no, no bandages, no entry. <laughs> well, what do you think? Well, what, what, but also the idea of being able to take your pets with you to heaven. Is that, but, what, but what, what do you think, had, uh, Charles? Is so it cats' just, pajamas, cats' piss? Well, that's cats' piss because you'd have to kill all the pets. Like mm. if you die, oh, then yeah. everyone else dies. It's the ultimate narcissistic act. Yeah, they did. They and they they murdered like literally millions of animals. Some of those burial sites. Mm. There are several million well, mummified animals in there. And especially as it's cats, it, like it'd be cats mostly that would be the pets. Mm. I think it's uh, definitely cats. Uh, it's they, they, no, they oh, mummified all. They mummified anything that oh, well, moved. So what sort of anything the, that moved? Asps. Sort of did they mummify asps? asps yeah. Did yeah, they? they did. Yeah, they mummified snakes, crocodiles. Uh, yeah, um, ibises oh. and jackals and Could you even s- bulls, like actually, great big bull mummies. Actually, I think killing ibises is a good idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we should mummify the Ibis Hotel chain. <laughs> Just wrap that in bandages. Christo could do that for you. I, I, huh? I think it's complete cat's piece. I. Have to walk the dog twice a day. I do not want to do that in heaven. Heaven to me is no more walking the dog. So, <laughs> yeah. Little Oscar can stay well, alive the, for mine. Could well, you? that's because you you don't pick up his poos. <laughs> you know, you don't want you don't want the afterlife to be littered with your dog's poos. I which spend it would my be. life mummifying poo by wrapping it in, <laughs> you, in plastic. No, but you'd be able to pick them up with the bandages. That's true. <laughs> but if you'd earned the right to the afterlife, the, you, you finally get there and you've got. Crap from Dom's animals delivery. <laughs> yeah. They think, oh, I would have preferred the alternative. Yeah, I don't want to be mummified. <laughs> Andrew, what happened if you weren't mummified? Yeah. Well, where did you go right, so if, if you were yeah. not now? Yeah, what's, what's the alternative when you when you died? Was that you had to first of all before you got to the good bit of the afterlife, you had to get through the underworld, which the, which they called the duat. Which was a bit of a shithole. It was, mm. it was this enormous, scary place, and it, and it was like a, there's a map of that somebody drew of it in an ancient document, you know, and it's got all this stuff in it. It's full of rivers and islands and and lakes and mountains, and um, sounds, sounds terrible. Worse than that. <laughs> it was guarded by a whole bunch of demons, mm. uh, you know, so, some of which were uh, were pretty nasty. A lot of them were kind of s- different sorts of animals sewn together in different shapes, oh, like yeah. the Sphinx. They were, they were very big on that. Um, you know, there was a, sna- a sort of snake that spat fire. And and there was all this sort of stuff. Jokes, taxidermy was really quite the thing in Egypt, wasn't it? Yeah, no, they really had an obsession with gluing these things together. So you had to defeat all of these different demons using spells which you were meant to have memorised by reading the Book of the Dead. So what do you think of that um, A memory test as a way of entering paradise? Is it cat's, cat's pyjamas or, or cat's piss? It sounds to me like the plot of every Harry Potter, Andrew, so I'm going to go with cat's pyjamas. It does, bestseller. It, it does have the ring of a yeah Dungeons and Dragons no, type it, game. Like okay, it, I mean, it's I was Minecraft. It is 
literally Minecraft. Like I was thinking, you're actually just describing Minecraft because you do. You've got little potions and things like that, and you, there's a nether right. that you've got to go through to win the game. And you've got like, to kill various it, demons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't tell me he owes yeah. royalties to to um, yeah. Ramses the second. Although, yeah, to, <laughs> that to Minecraft be fair, guys. notch, notch. Yeah, <laughs> overcoming <laughs> overcoming a fire breathing snake in a dungeon is literally Dungeons and Dragons. That's, to what, be that's fair. what it yeah, sounds like to mm, me, and I'm worried. To bring that... a ten sided dice. Yeah, yeah, a lot of ripping off. Of, of all this IP by the Egyptians, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Isn't the problem that like a lot of young teenage boys would have wanted to die because just just awesome. to go through this, like you <laughs> this know, awesome. It's like a video game. This yeah. is a pre Xbox world, I'm guessing, <laughs> uh, ancient Egypt. <laughs> yeah. So the only chance you had to sort of fight off fire breathing snakes and kill demons and go through Hades or what the Egyptian equivalent of Hades. Was yeah. to die. Yeah, yeah it sounds so like old a, people probably dreaded death because they don't understand young people's games. Whereas young people would have really <laughs> looked forward to it death. It sounds like a, a metal band's album art, basically the underworld. Yes. And the point <laughs> is that the longer you live, the worse your memory gets. So the more unlikely you are to remember all the recipes in the afterlife. That's a good point. The spells. Mm. Yeah. 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 So you sort of want to die about the age of eleven when your memory's whip smart. That's the thing. Imagine, like you know, in, in the so-called Western. Christian Judeo afterlife. If you gave a memory test to half of us, I mean, I don't know what I did last Tuesday, but if they start quizzing me, like when you were four, what was your favourite food or something? Mm. I mean, I wouldn't have a clue. Mm. You and wouldn't know? Half the people who die these days, don't they die of dementia or Alzheimer's or yeah, something? Yeah. It's a very cruel test <laughs> to give to someone who's just died of Alzheimer's. It's yeah. almost literally rubbing it in. Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't yeah. it, when they... And they've been through this the... traumatic process of being wrapped up in bandages as well. Like yeah, They're yeah, all disoriented yeah. and suddenly they've got to... That is, no, that's cat's piss. Cat's piss. Cat's piss. Yeah. Put it, I, I think the fire-breathing snake is cat's piss. I think not only is that a fundamental misunderstanding of what a snake is... Yes. What an annoying... You don't have to... You, you die, you work hard all your life and then the, you die and you've got to defeat a fire-breathing snake. That's bullshit. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, do you, it's, it's not a good thing to put your feet up. It's not exactly it's a, a superannuation package that you were <laughs> no, hoping no. for, is it? It's a mean thing for people. And this is just round one that's, by the sounds yeah. of it. Look, I knew yeah. in 20 years you're going to need to know the words of the spell. But anyway. Oh, it is. Look, there were dozens of different monsters to, to fight. Um, you know, there were, there were gods with the heads of, of catfish. There, there were groaning goddesses Ooh. who carried axes dripping in blood. And, most, and one of the most interesting uh, things that you had to fight was the god Osiris... He was the boss. He was basically the boss of the underworld. He was kind of an undertaker to Billy Ray uh, Cyrus, sort of caretaker. I mean, uh, Billy <laughs> Osiris. He was the he was the Irish the Billy Irish. Ray Cyrus. <laughs> oh, Cyrus here. <laughs> he was in charge of the whole place, and you had to fight him. Not had an Irishman in charge. God, how did that work? <laughs> no wonder it was so shonky. But not not just him, but the Itophallic version. Oh, hello, of Osiris. Now, now do, do you know what Itophallic? I know what phallic means, but I did not know this. That was Osiris with a stiffy. You had to fight Osiris while he had a stiffy. He was one of the one of the (laughs) things that you had to overcome. So I mean, this is the question. Make it easier. Is the stiffy his <laughs> like weapon of choice, or, or did he also carry an actual sword beside his stiffy? <laughs> See, I, haven't, I actually haven't done the research to find oh. out what, how, oh. how he because well, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find what he actually does with the with the stiffy. But 
Uh, well, look, look well, fighting a god with a stippy, what, what do you think? Well, it's probably fire breathing for all we know <laughs> down there. Like, instead mm. of, like, cum coming out of it, he just sort of ejaculates poisonous fire into your eye or just <laughs> knocks you out cold with the enormous might of it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to go up against Osiris. No, I mean, it's possible that he he was also just one of these frustrated teenagers we were talking about earlier who really wanted to go down into the underworld, you know, because they would have all yeah. been walking around with a stiffy. It would have. It's suddenly it's, it's Xbox meets chat roulette. It's got stiffies and Dungeons and Dragons games <laughs> I mean, all in the same place. starting to be Cat's pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it when I was in Egypt. We, we, it's quite c- common to actually what, see. See the, the encephalic Osiris? Yes, yes, he's carved on quite a few places. Um, it, it, and not only him, how, but various figures with stiffies you can how, see. How sort big? Of how big is this? Enormous stiffy? great big stiff. Right, the Egyptians were very... Count. In a, in a Hades demon that you've got to defeat to enter the heaven. <laughs> so if, anyway, if you got through this terrible afterward, got through all the gates and cast the right spells, well, then, then you got into a hall, um, which was kind of like a courtroom drama. It's a bit of a sort of a Judge Judy kind of situation. Um, it's called the Hall of Two Truths. And you, uh, there you had to prove that you were a good, a good dude. Um, and what you did, there, there were jurors sitting there, and uh, some people think there were 48, maybe 49, weird-looking jurors. Some of them would have the heads of jackals or, you know, <laughs> different animal crocodiles and things. They'd be sitting there, and, and there'd also be a few gods there who, who were there to sort of be in charge of this, uh, these, these courtroom proceedings. And these jurors would ask you a whole lot of questions, mm. and you had to answer these questions to kind of prove that you were a decent sort of person. Now, uh, they, they asked you things like, you know, have you ever stolen any corn or tampered with the corn scales? Mm. Now, have you ever stolen any cows from the, from the meadows? Now, you know, things that were, I suppose, relevant to Egyptians. If you're trying and to impress of- a jackal god, though, Andrew, uh, would you have stolen the... Wouldn't you have wanted to steal the cows from the meadows? Why? Because because jackals eat cows. You oh, thought you'd, you'd have a bond with the jackal at that point. <laughs> well, you had to impress the, the cunning, mm. yeah. the jurors more than the, the yeah. But and one of the weirdest questions, it's kind of a sweet question actually. Well, they asked, "Have you ever done bad things to people? Have you ever like killed somebody or made somebody hungry or made somebody cry?" Now, what do you think? As a test for getting into heaven, making have you made somebody cry? Is that cat's pajamas or cat's piss? Well, pyjamas, I think that's a good question. Mm. It's the ultimate test of uh, quality of a, a human life. If you, you don't want to have an afterlife full of people who are bullies and brutes and this kind of and thing. meanies. So, you don't want meanies. Oh, but I would have thought that making somebody cry is important to a good life. Otherwise, like, they don't care about you. Yeah. I guess, like, if you were the director of the film Beaches <laughs> and someone asked you, have you ever made anyone cry? Like, yeah. you're a bit stumped there. Like, yeah. Yeah. technically, you have. No, mm, but- or, or if you were an onion farmer, this this would be a <laughs> real issue. Or if you were a law enforcement professional who used tear gas on a regular yes. basis to keep us safe, you'd be in, you'd be in trouble. No, but also, Chris, like I think brutal honesty sometimes is warranted. That that actually you mm. should, from time to time, make people cry. I don't think that that's. It's something to be shied away from. And, and, and there's good tears and bad tears. Yeah, that's like right. when you know when you watch someone. Yeah. Win 100 metres in the Olympics and they've yeah. overcome adversity. That you, yeah. And you cry. Now, would you send that Olympic athlete to hell because they made you cry? No. No. They were good tears. Yeah. So, so there's a way, I guess that's a nice loophole question. You could, either way, which way, whichever way you answer it, 
you're probably okay. Well, yeah, then, like, I would have thought. It, like, was the answer no? I haven't. Like, like, did you have to say no? Or? Look, that, that is un, that is unclear from the from the history. It may have well been actually that they were just wanting an honest answer from you. You know, maybe uh, it was okay. To, we, we, we're not sure. Who uh, who died and came back alive to? Report back to, with all these questions. To write <laughs> like, yeah, who was the Egyptian Carrie Packer? Who went through this process yes. to then write? Come okay. So this is what this is the shit you go through. <laughs> like, look, guys, trust me, jackalhead. It's a thing. It's yeah, real. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. is there Just, any? Who wrote this down? Do we know? Well, was it all speculation? No, we don't know the 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 authors of these of these scrolls, but there are, there are several scrolls with very similar instructions in them that have been found in different kings' mm. tombs. So it was so it must know, be the, real. These were, well, it was stuff that was going around. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I guess with most religious texts, of you course, know, you, of you course. kind of wonder hmm, who wrote this and who sat on the jury. Like, was there a jury duty system of presumably? Like, <laughs> Yeah, like where you were alive on, Jack, one day on, and suddenly yeah, you, you got go. a letter in the post. So yeah. they're, they're in the afterlife and it's like, oh, no, oh, I'm up for jury duty again. again. Oh. <laughs> I have to think of an excuse. Yeah. Like, like, oh, yeah. No, no, I've got to drag pyramid bricks today. Oh, just, <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm dead. So, no, there's no excuse. Uh, there's no excuse. And can you imagine the, 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 the prosecutors and defence attorneys, is your lawyer allowed to go, no, I'm not having a jackal on the jury, I never get on with yeah. them? Challenge. Yeah. yeah. Challenge. And I keep stealing his cows that he wants to eat. <laughs> So there were a bunch of gods in this in this courtroom drama, and uh, one of them was Anubis, the the jackal-headed god, and he was the he was the god of mummification and tombs. You know, it was a bit of a sort of a grim job that that he had. But one of the things that he kind of did was he was your tour guide through the the afterlife. So so he was your sort of essentially your tour guide through the the nasty bit, the underworld, right. and then he was possibly some people thought you know he'd give you a bit of advice. Here in the courtroom about what to do. I mean, what do you think as a as a concept for for something that happens in the afterlife? Having a tour guide to get you through is that cat's pajamas or or cat's piss? You always want to get a tour guide. Absolutely, it's a, you know local you who knows the area can explain the customs. You know, should you answer yes or no to have you stolen a cow, whatever it is. You know, like you want a tour guide to to help you out. I always we always get tour guides when we go to exotic. They're always locations. the ones who explain the sort of seamy side of life too. Mm. Like why has the Cyrus got that massive stiffy? And Anubis uh, <laughs> Anubis would know the answer. You'd think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as a as a traveller, I prefer to travel independently and don't really like guides. But I imagine if I was in the underworld and my entire future, like afterlife, depended on getting answers right, I would. It's sort of like the phone a friend option, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, can you ask him to clarify certain questions in the courtroom? Can you ask it's him like to legal clarify? Aid. It's like yeah. Jack or yeah. God legal aid. So wait a minute, you, are you saying, Chris, that when you go around Machu Picchu or you know some ancient ruin? You don't hire a local guide to tell you what all the symbolism mm, is. Yeah, it's yeah, no, Machu Picchu. I did have a guide. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. screwed on Everest, Tom. You wanna, I, you wanna know because you wanna get all the stories. Yeah. Like this is where so and so died. I don't think know. he's an historical tour guide. I don't think he's pointing oh, out no. like fun facts about the place. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cat's piss <laughs> no. then. Yeah. Also, <laughs> what's the what's the alternative, Andrew? Is there a lonely planet to the Egyptian underworld? <laughs> well, yeah, it's called the Book of the Dead. Mm. Yeah, that, oh, right. where that oh, really? kind of was your guidebook in a way. Well, not not just that. There's a whole. There, there was several kind of uh, Egyptian um, afterlife texts. You know, there's one called the Book of Caverns. They've got great English names. The thing about a guide is like, how much do you tip? 
Uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when can you shake them? Do you mm. need to sort of take them out for dinner afterwards? Or and when's yeah. the end of the contract? Like, are you stuck <laughs> with them for the whole afterlife or is there a point where you part ways? What if Anubis <laughs> is taking you to this gem shop where he's got to yes. deal with the, yes. with the manager and it's just like, yeah. come on, Anubis, enough of this stuff. Don't try to rip me off. That's what I'm suspicious about. I can about. get all your pets embalmed. There's no <laughs> totally. price. Yeah, come on. <laughs> they oh, won't be hollow. <laughs> authentic opals in the shape of a stiffy. <laughs> like, have one hour in the shop, then I'll pick you up afterwards. <laughs> Look, if you manage to answer the question satisfactorily and, and, and prove that you were a pretty decent sort of person, well, then the next thing you had to do was prove it again oh. by, by weighing your heart. Oh. Uh, so, you know, you'd have to sort of pull out your own heart and then out of uh, the it bandages would, that it's currently wrapped in. Well, yeah, well, it would be actually because yes. part of the mummification was that you, all your organs got taken out when you're mummified, it except for the heart. They left the heart there because they knew you had to do this test. I was just going to say it'd be quite hard to answer a lot of the quiz questions without if your brain. If you're, well, no, your face is covered up with bandages, so they might <laughs> like. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. 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 Did you ever make anyone cry? Mm. Is that a yes? Mm. Oh. So no wonder everyone got through you. They were given the benefit of the doubt. No one was understood in the underworld. <laughs> you didn't have a brain either because they used to hook your brain out with a, with a sort of hook as well. Well, that know? might help. So it'd be very hard to think. <laughs> <laughs> but you did have the heart. So the, the goddess, there was a goddess called Ma'at and she wore a feather in a, in a headband. Which well, you would, wouldn't a, you? A, well, she was a sexy lady. He wore an ostrich feather, Ooh. which you know, stood for truth and justice. She was kind of the goddess of justice. Uh, now, uh, what you had to do was plonk your heart on one of the dishes because it was like those old-fashioned scales. Scale, it wasn't, scales of wasn't justice. A, yeah, it wasn't digital bathroom scale. <laughs> and uh, you'd put your heart on one dish and she'd stick her feather down on the other dish. Oh. Now, if your heart was, was heavier than the feather, mm. then that meant your heart was heavy with wrongdoing and sin. And then, uh, so that was curtains for you. You'd be, you, the heart would get oh, fed. What? Yeah, the heart got fed to Amit the Devourer. So he was a nasty. Well, she, I think she or he was a nasty piece of work. A kind of, you know, kind of crocodile-headed god with the body of a hippo who'd eat the heart. And then you, the, you were that, you were in oblivion. Then no chance of getting to paradise. That person now has an evening show on Sky News, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or a pilot on Channel Ten. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got to say, Andrew, I'm starting to question the, the basic physical science, the Egyptians, weighing the heart up against the feather. That's a pretty hard test to, to pass. Yeah, how really? how yeah. light is your heart to be lighter than a feather? What well, if you've had a bunch of stints you're a, in there? Yeah. <laughs> if you're a pure person, you know. Then it's light. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, it's what, a, or it's a bloody heavy feather. Like well, yeah. when you say the feather of an ostrich, it was basically an ostrich. It was. Yeah. <laughs> she had all the feathers of an ostrich in her hair. Put More those down on the scale next to your heart, then you might have half a chance. What do you think, though? I mean, you know, weighing weighing organs to to get into heaven. Cat's piss. Cat's piss. It mm. seems the uh, the scales are slightly rigged. If if we're to yeah. take the weights literally, as we now know, the weight of a human heart versus the weight of a uh, the weight of a feather, no one. Logically, would pass that test, but I like the poetry and the imagery yeah. of it, Chris. I think that you're sort of ignoring the metaphor again. Yeah, right. Like, this is metaphorically: Do you have a heavy heart? That's all it's asking. Then you don't it's need beautiful. scales if it's metaphorical. Oh, Tim Rogers from you and I would be terrible trouble. Um, <laughs> but I, don't you think, though? Well, you'd, you'd have only very small people, the dwarves and the like, in 
in heaven and very, very large overweight people like me wouldn't have a chance of getting into heaven. So I think it's cat's piss. No, but also, like, if it's heavy, like, even if you take it metaphorically, all you're going to have is bubbly people because it'll be people oh, who be don't terrible. have a heavy heart. It'll be like a human it'll resources the, conference. Oh. It'll be optimists. It'll yeah. be people in sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the opposite. All, all, like, totally heartless people. They do well. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. you're heartless, you get straight yes. in, wouldn't you? Peter Dutton, no worries at all. Ironically. <laughs> 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 is your heart heavier than yeah. a potato? Oh. Well, if you pass the heart test and if, if your heart was as light as the feather, uh, the, the, then the next bit of your adventure was that you uh, you went across this lake. This is a sort of lake of flowers. Oh. And uh, a lot of religions seem to have a boatman, don't they? Oh, yeah. On a ferry boat for some Sticks. reason. Yeah, the uh, river Styx. Well, yeah, yeah, the Egyptians had this had this boatman. He was on the lake. He was a funny character. His name was Haraf Hef. And Fabulous. the thing about him... Maybe, maybe he's called, he was very grumpy and rude. It was the thing about him. His, his name means uh, the guy who looks behind himself all the time. I think because he was maybe because he was punting a ferry across, so he always had to look backwards and insult you. So you'd go across this yeah. lake and you'd be insulted the entire way by this Haraf <laughs> Hef guy. Sounds and like your job with Craig Rucastle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, so you're you... saying that the boatmen in ancient Egypt had the same name as the guy who founded the Playboy Mansion? Hef. Yeah, yeah, it was Hef, but a very rude, insulting version of Hef. Yep. Um, and you had to put up with his insults and, and not get too offended or, or pissed off back at him. We'd be fine, um, wouldn't we? Oh, this so would be the test one thing. of your ability to turn the other cheek and, and, and in humility. Big, big, Good sport, I yes. think. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Mm. What do you think? Cats pajamas, cats piss. I think it's cats pajamas. It's the one system you've outlined so far that I actually actually pass is putting up with endless insults. It's like working with the chaser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I like this too. Yeah, I like this. Cats too, pajamas. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit. Remember the blackboard on. Mr. Squiggle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was really shirty <laughs> and really great. He never had a good word for Hurry anyone. Up, he was up. impatient. He was he didn't sort of espouse abuse, but he was very he was curmudgeonly. And so I like <laughs> the idea of a, a blackboard type character. Eeyore. Yeah, taking you across the lake, just hurling abuse at you. <laughs> and so it's, and it being a test of your character if you could withstand that. I think it's fabulous. It's a bit like a 21st speech, isn't it? <laughs> it, yes. would actually, it would be genuinely yes. entertaining to see how savage the burn he could come up with. Yeah. yeah. Or like yeah. those roasts they do, you know, like yeah. there's a roast of Justin Bieber or something. Yeah, go yeah. really hard. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Poor man. <laughs> I wonder if it's like, you know, like um, people who paint houses for a living. Mm. Like never paint their own house and stuff. You, you never want to do the thing you do for a job at home when you knock off. Mm. Like chefs never cook anything but a cheese toasty at home. Mm. When this guy got home, yeah. would he like? He'd be really. Would he be nice the nicest person yes, in the world? Absolutely. Like the last thing he'd want to do, even if he mm. had shocking service in a restaurant, he'd be so angelic and lovely. And people yeah. would be surprised to find out. Oh, he's he had that job. He's oh. half busy. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> I'm sure just in medieval times, like executioners were the sweetest. They never wouldn't hurt a fly. Yeah. Cut all cats, but yeah, just go and execute people for a living. So Haraf Hef, if you could put up with him long enough and get to the other side of the lake. Mm. Well, then you were in the field of reeds, which now this was finally, you were finally here. This is the last stage. We're at the end here. This is paradise, or what the Egyptians <laughs> thought was paradise, which was uh, now, I mean, a lot of our notions of, of sort of heaven. I mean, well, what, do, what do you think heaven is meant to be like, Charles? Well, it's it's clouds and you just sort of... Bounce around in the clouds, don't you? Yeah, harps. Yeah, lots of harps, lots mm, of rays sort of, of light. scantily clad 
people who, you know. Real, that's your vision, look Charles. Look quite good looking. Like everyone's <laughs> in their mid-20s, you know. I mean, yeah. you're getting the afterlife mixed up with like <laughs> Ibiza. <Yeah. laughs> Scantily clad. No, I've always thought everyone's clothes. in robes. Robe. I've got everyone clothed. Yeah, yeah totally. but like, I hope we're clothed because no, I don't want to be scantily clad in the no, afterlife. I want no one There's nothing underneath. It's all togas. Well, and there's, there's definitely, a, yeah, there's an overlap between the toga party in yeah. Rome and the heaven. Yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be pretty fun. It's probably, you know, like going on a cruise line, a bit of shuffleboard, that kind of thing. The opposite yeah. of a Westfield car park, mm. basically. <laughs> so somewhere you'd want to spend the eternity. <laughs> yeah, the car park is the underworld. That's yes, the two yes, hearts with the is. demons and the thing. Yeah. So, so you're how, what, us, yeah, what was the Egyptian The field after? of well, reeds. Is that, like, you're taking us on well, this very long journey and we're just in this boring field full of field reeds. Of, well, they loved reeds. They, they loved reeds, um, the Egyptians. And what they, they had quite a, quite a nice version, or sort of realistic version of what Paradise was, which was Basically, you were just at home. So, so oh. you're, the, the paradise for you was you'd just find pretty much your own house. There it would be oh. with your backyard, just the way just the way you'd left it, the way you'd last cut the lawn. Um, you'd uh, you'd find all that's where you find all your pets, you know. So if you mummified, uh. this is where the, the good bit. If you mummified all your pets, well, here they'd be the gazelles and the you know the baboons that you <laughs> had kept as pets, and you'd but you'd be here forever, and and all your favourite people would would be there, the the, the people you liked, and you'd be there forever, um, just at home basically. So what, I mean, what do you think of that? What if you're homeless, Andrew? Well, it's there'd terrible. Be, you'd be under a bridge. You'd Forever. Be, uh, with your, with yeah, your favourite little cat that you... Look, I think, I think a homeless person couldn't afford the, yeah. the whole mummification and business. So all... they didn't have to worry about that. You're not having There's... riffraff like that getting into the Egyptian afterlife. Is that no, the you know, afterlife was for, was, for, was for rich people. It was, it was a sort of Liberal Party view of, of how things should be in the afterlife. Yeah. But what do you think? Just being at home as paradise. There's something lovely about it, you know, insofar as it's familiarity and you're surrounded by all the, the things you loved, be it your pets or your siblings or family members. But there's also something really anticlimactic about it because certainly in <laughs> contemporary religion, there was always the promise of a better life. You know, whatever suffering you, you undertook on earth would all be relieved and you'd be promised this eternal joy and happiness and God's love. If you, sim- if you had a shit home, that you you know you with a mortgage that you'd never really paid off and some renovations that were half finished and then you went through all that hell with the the <laughs> bloody the, the guy who abuses you the questions about oh no and the, all and you've yeah. gone through all that hell and you're just back to square one yeah. in your home with and that oh, shitty couch that and isn't the dishes you hadn't washed before you died and go oh <laughs> that the, wasn't worth it at all the tap still dripping yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm torn what's between pajamas and piss uh. piss stained Pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that um, and that—that that is the the end of the journey. Mind you, you, you could only get into the house if you said the right spell as well, oh. which which had, which had a bit of um, uh, sort of promises in it. One one of the spells that that they've recorded is that you you said, um, "I I will uh, I will eat and have fun in my place. I will drink." And I'll plough the, the the lawns and the fields and everything. And I'll also shag. Oh. I will shag in the house for oh. my magic is powerful in this, this place. What, what do you think? Sound, um, this sounds exactly like my conception of heaven. I, this, this is cat's yeah. pajamas for me. Are this you is... saying, Andrew, that, that what happens is you, you go forever through this journey and you end up having to shag the person you've already been shagging your whole life? That's it. Forever. 
Yeah, well, wait, wait, you, you're, not, uh, you're not happy with that, Donny? Uh, is there something wrong Don that we need to know about? Don the Islamic model of, was it a 72 virgins or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, just, I just think it's a bit anticlimactic. Like, I mean, I mean, it's no, I agree. an eternity spent doing what you've already done yeah. to, to that point. It's, but, but, I, but bringing it back to the metaphor, maybe that's the whole point uh, is to say make sure that your home is somewhere that feels like heaven. Like, make sure that you're, you're with the mm. person you want to shag for eternity. Nirvana. Maybe there's something really profound. Yeah, something good about yes, that. Yes, yeah. yeah. A home as Nirvana. Yeah. yeah no, there is yeah. something. Make sure you fix the fucking tap. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's yes. not dripping yeah. forever when you reach the afterlife. But, uh, but you take our point, Charles. If you had really awful flatmates, that's mm. a shit sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Yes. Well, there we are. We, we are at the end of our... Uh, of our journey through the uh, the Egyptian afterlife. Now, what I mean, overall, then let's let's um, tie this in a in, in some uh, Egyptian mummy bandages in the shape of a bow. I mean, overall, as a belief system, the Egyptian afterlife. What do, what do you think? Cats pajamas or cats piss? It sounds a lot like the Hobbit to me, Andrew. You go out on this long journey, you find all this sort of stuff. You have to survive. Your your life's constantly being threatened, and you end up just back in the same boring place you started. I'm going to go with cat's piss. I think I think you want your afterlife to be an upgrade. I want I want to feel like I'm in economy class now, and I want first or at least business in the afterlife. So I'm going cat's piss on the Egyptian and uh, afterlife. I'm afraid. Look for me. It's I mean it's full of scary imagery, very complicated, elaborate metaphor, implausible scenarios. Spells that would be incredibly hard to remember, not a particularly good end point. And yet for me, it's still cat's pyjamas because I think it's better than the Christian system. <laughs> There's certainly more stiffies. <laughs> Look, I, I, think it's, I think it's cat's pyjamas. I actually, I really like my home. I, I think I, I do live in paradise. I, I like who I'm shagging. I like... Uh, I, I still have to fix that tap, but basically, as long and and my kids know Minecraft, so as long as I can mm. get them killed when I die, yeah. so that they can help me through that stage, wrap them up with the pets. Yeah, wrap <laughs> them up with the pets. Exactly. Yeah. Like just say, oh, this is a pet. Yeah, it's a yeah. pet human. Yeah. yeah. Um, bring them with me so that I can do the Minecraft challenges really easily. Get through. Make sure I fix the tap before I die, and. Uh, I'm sorted. You're, you're sorted. Yeah. Well, a question for you, Andrew. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but if you fell down at one of those steps, like you forgot the spell to get into your house, oh, yeah. where did you go? What's option B? That oblivion, which was the worst thing for Egyptians. They didn't really have hell. They, they, well, they didn't. They didn't have hell. It was either you either got to paradise or else you, you ceased to exist completely, which was the worst possible thing that could happen to you. Uh, so that's why they went to such great lengths, you know, to, to build these tombs and make all these mummies because they were so het up about the idea of just not existing anymore. That would have been cat's piss for them. Although, you know, if you didn't have the dripping tap, then... Um, Oblivion, I, I, Oblivion's not bad. Yeah, it's not, that's cat's pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> and, Andrew, your, uh, your interest in animal mummies is not a coincidence, is it? No, well, that's right. Look, I, I researched all this uh, because of my book series that I'm writing with my wife, Jess Roberts, Bab Sharky and the Animal Mummies, which you have to now buy for your 7- to 11-year-old child uh, before you then mummify them and take them to the afterworld with you. I've always thought that heaven was an incredibly long and elaborate uh, conversation leading up to a plug. 
Cat's Pyjamas or Cat's Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search Cat's Pyjamas on Apple Podcasts.